Grace, mercy, and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. The word of the Lord, which we will be considering this morning, comes to us from Psalm 145, read today in its entirety, all 21 verses. I realize that sometimes we get these lengthier texts and the temptation is for us to zone out after halfway or so, but please uh, stay engaged with this because it's very important. We read, I will extol you, my God, O King, and I will bless your name forever and ever. Every day I will bless you, and I will praise your name forever and ever. Great is the Lord, and greatly to be praised, and his greatness is unsearchable. One generation shall praise your works to another, and shall declare your mighty acts. I will meditate on the glorious splendor of your majesty, and on your wondrous works. Men shall speak of the might of your awesome acts, and I will declare your greatness. They shall utter the memory of your great goodness, and shall sing of your righteousness. The Lord is gracious and full of compassion, slow to anger, and great in mercy. The Lord is good to all, and his tender mercies are over all his works. All your works shall praise you, O Lord, and your saints shall bless you. They shall speak of the glory of your kingdom and talk of your power to make known to the sons of men his mighty acts and the glorious majesty of his kingdom. Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and your dominion endures throughout all generations. The Lord upholds all who fall and raises up all who are bowed down. The eyes of all look expectantly to you, and you give them their food in due season. You open your hand and satisfy the desire of every living thing. The Lord is righteous in all his ways, gracious in all his works. The Lord is near to all who call upon him and to all who call upon him in truth. He will fulfill the desire of those who fear him. He will hear their cry and save them. The Lord preserves all who love him, but all the wicked he will destroy. My mouth shall speak the praise of the Lord, and all flesh shall bless his holy name forever and ever. So far, God's holy word. Please be seated. In the name of our Savior Jesus, who is the one intermediary between God and man, who brings all of our petitions to our Heavenly Father for his own righteousness' sake. Dear fellow redeemed, if you were a child, or had a child, or watched some grandchildren in the 1990s, the name Sherry Lewis may ring a distant bell. Sherry Lewis was a famous TV ventriloquist, insofar as ventriloquists become famous. And the thing that she was most well known for was a show called Lamb Chops Play Along. I wish I could tell you more about this show, but I don't remember hardly anything about it except for one thing, the song that never ends. There's some chuckles out there, you know exactly what I'm talking about. And I apologize if that's gonna be stuck in your head for a while, but it's, I'm not gonna sing it. This is the song that never ends. It just goes on and on, my friends. Some people started singing it, not knowing what it was, and they'll continue singing it forever just because it's the song that never ends. And the idea is that it keeps going and going forever. Uh, 
If it's already rattling around in your head, I apologize. If it isn't, um, we won't put it there for you. You may be surprised then to hear that when I first read Psalm 145 for our sermon text this week, this is one of the first things I thought of, was the song that never ends. Objectively, one of the most obnoxious songs known to man, and yet there are some parallels here that can be drawn between this song and what Psalm 145 has to say to us today, which would have been sung by the people of Israel as the Psalms were. Psalm 145 is actually something that truly does not end, a cycle of grace that continues from age to age and evokes prayer and praise from each succeeding generation as they learn all about what God has done for them, just as their parents learned before them and their grandparents before them. So as we contemplate all of the reasons that God gives us here in this one psalm for us to come and pray to him constantly and confidently, we'll consider our theme for today. This is the prayer that never ends. It starts by acknowledging the Lord's nature, who he is, and it ends necessarily with our praising the Lord's name for his grace and mercy. May the Spirit bless our study in his word today. Have you ever heard of the acronym ACTS when it comes to prayer, A-C-T-S? If you haven't heard of it before, it's very helpful. I encourage you to write it down somewhere after the service. The idea is that sometimes it's difficult for us to know how we ought to pray or what we ought to pray for. And so this acronym gives us a little bit of guidance, a little bit of an outline. I can't remember who first came up with it or where I first heard of it, but it starts with A, goes to C, T, S. The first one, A, is adoration. We want to start our prayers by recognizing who God is and what he does. It serves two reasons. First, it glorifies God. And second, it reminds us of, our, of his love and power for us when we're contemplating whether we should bring that big prayer to him or not. It's almost like framing a picture, starting a prayer out with adoration. For example, you could hire a wedding photographer and they could stand half a mile away and still snap a picture of the happy couple, but it's not going to be a very good picture, is it? You have to frame it. You have to get close. You have to determine what the bounds of this picture are going to be. And adoration does a good job of that, too. When you get closer, you see the subject, you see God, you see the picture, and it frames the entire prayer. That's what adoration does. And we see no shortage of that here in Psalm 145, written by King David. Verses one through three, we read, I will extol you, my God, O King, and I will bless your name forever and ever. Every day I will bless you and I will praise your name forever and ever. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised, and his greatness is unsearchable. Very straightforward introduction to David's prayer here today. God is great. How great is he? Unsearchably great. Some translations put this, uh, his greatness is past finding out. We can't even entirely comprehend how great the God we pray to is. 
The Lord's great nature is further described then for us in verses 8 and 9. The Lord is gracious and full of compassion, slow to anger and great in mercy. The Lord is good to all and his tender mercies are over all his works. This description that King David gives us is a bit of a far cry from what most people think of when they think of God in the world. Most people think that, well, God's just some kind of enforcer of karma. They think that God brings good things to good people and bad things to bad people. If that's the case, then I think it's pretty safe to say that none of us would be here today. We would have been smote long ago. Psalm 14, verses 2 and 3 says, The Lord looks down from heaven upon the children of men to see if there are any who understand, who seek God. They have all turned aside. They have together become corrupt. There is none who does good. No, not one. If God only blessed the good people, there would be no blessings because none of us are inherently good. Each of us is sinful from the moment we are conceived until the moment we die and we commit daily actual sin all the while in between. But instead of the wrath that that sin deserves, as we just read, the Lord is gracious, full of compassion, slow to anger, great in mercy, good to all, and his tender mercies are over all creation. I believe we've had the opportunity to talk about the difference between grace and mercy before. Grace is getting something that you do not deserve, and mercy is not getting what you do deserve. And because of sin, we have deserved eternal death and hell, but God took that punishment away from us in his mercy and placed it on his only begotten son, Jesus Christ. He became the target of all of God's wrath so that God could, by grace, Give us what we do not deserve, eternal life in his name. The great love that God has shown mankind through Jesus Christ was not just a flash in the pan either, some knee-jerk, ill-planned attempt to redeem man. It was promised all the way back in the Garden of Eden. And that same grace and mercy which led Jesus to the cross still leads us through life until the end of time. Verses 14 through 19 of our text. The Lord upholds all who fall and raises up all who are bowed down. The eyes of all look expectantly to you and you give them their food in due season. You open your hand and satisfy the desire of every living thing. The Lord is righteous in all his ways, gracious in all his works. The Lord is near to all who call upon him, to all who call upon him in truth. He will fulfill the desire of those who fear him. He also will hear their cry and save them. This is the nature of our great God. This is who he is. Why did King David want everyone to know this? Why did he want, to know, want them to know about the God who raises the fallen, who exalts the humble, who provides food and nourishment to all, even when they don't ask for it? The one who comes to the aid of those who cry out to him in truth and saves them. King David wanted people to know this. And the Holy Spirit wanted people to know this. So that he caused this psalm to be recorded for us to read 3,000 years after it was written. Because we are not great. 
We are sinners. We struggle and toil in this world with all manner of problems. Faith problems, relationship problems, money problems, family problems, work problems, health problems, the list goes on. As we learned last week, if we live 70, 80, 90 plus years, it's all labor and sorrow. We need someone who is greater than us and greater than all of our problems. And here he is, revealing himself to us this morning through his word. What's the result when all of these sorrows are met by the power and love of our great Savior? Praise for our Lord's great name. Verses 4 through 7 of our text. One generation shall praise your works to another and shall declare your mighty acts. I will meditate on the glorious splendor of your majesty and on your wondrous works. Men shall speak of the might of your awesome acts and I will declare your greatness. They shall utter the memory of your great goodness and shall sing of your righteousness. These verses are at the same time both a prophecy of what God would do and a promise by King David of what his reaction would be. David says here, generation after generation will praise you, declare you, meditate on you, speak of you, utter your goodness and sing your righteousness, and I will too. Sounds very confident, doesn't he? It's as though that he was sure that 3,000 years after his death, people would still be singing this psalm, still declaring and praising his God's name. It seems that way. It's because David was confident and sure, just as we can be, that the praise of the Lord will never go away in this world because the grace and mercy of God will never go away. Jesus said, heaven and earth, will pass away, but my word will by no means pass away. So long as the word remains, God's greatness will be revealed to sinners and they will find a solution to all of their sorrows. The free remission of sins, the comfort and guidance of God, and the promise of paradise, which is talked about in our text in verses 10 through 13. All your works shall praise you, O Lord, and your saints shall praise you. They shall speak of the glory of your kingdom and talk of your power to make known to the sons of men his mighty acts and the glorious majesty of his kingdom. Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and your dominion endures throughout all generations. We here today and all the saints militant, the saints who are still fighting the fight of faith, in the sinful world, we are here today to sing God's praise and to proclaim his grace and greatness to the world, to the sons of men, to our colleagues and fellow believers. We exist to tell others that they also have a great and gracious God who has compassion on them and blesses them with good things through the redemption we have in Christ, our happy service in this life. Our labor of love is to shout forth the majesty of this everlasting kingdom. And then what? When our time here on earth is over, then what? We die and the praise stops? Oh no. The prayers and praise we render God in this life are only a prelude to what awaits. 
all those believers that we have known and loved who have now gone before us into eternal glory, do you think that they died and their praise just stopped? Oh no. Revelation 19 gives us a sneak preview of what is happening in heaven right now and what will continue happening into eternity. Then a voice came from the throne saying, Praise our God, all you his servants, and those who fear him, both small and great. And I heard, as it were, the voice of a great multitude, as the sound of many waters and as the sound of mighty thundering, saying, Alleluia, for the Lord God omnipotent reigns. This is the song that never ends. It just goes on and on, my friends. Some people started singing it, not knowing what, it's, what it was, and they'll continue singing it forever. Just because. Just because. It's not a very good reason to keep singing a terrible song. And just because would be a terrible reason for us to continue praying, praising, and worshiping the Lord. Just because is not the reason that we continue doing this. God has given us, just in this psalm, manifold reasons for us to continue coming to him, to continue praising him, not just today, but with our whole lives. And we have no doubt that the praise of the Lord will continue even long after we're gone. Because this is the prayer that never ends. It begins with us learning about and acknowledging the grace and greatness of the Lord, which he has revealed to us graciously through his word, and it must necessarily end with our prayers and praise when we see and believe all that he has accomplished for us already and all that he has promised yet to further accomplish for us. May the Spirit move us daily to declare the glories of God in our lives, bringing our prayers to him who is powerful to answer them and caring to do so as well. In Jesus' saving name, amen.